Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. We are here, the state tournament, Lincoln, Nebraska. We are at Longwell's right across the street from Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, a great place to hang out before or after a ball game. Uh, they have graciously given us some space to record this roundtable podcast. Uh, po- uh, roundtable podcast number two, Jennifer Raggi, Elkhorn High School. Welcome again, Jennifer. Thank you. I appreciate Matt Kern, it. a newbie from York High School. Matt, great how are you doing here. today? Great to be here. Thanks, Marty. Awesome. And as of about an hour ago, <laughs> yeah. ish, the former. Head coach at Millard North High School. Breaking news here on a pen and a napkin. David Deal. Yeah, he's. Uh, I am going to be a dad, a full-time dad. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I'm going to teach. We'll be a teacher yeah. and, yeah. and be no longer a coach. Okay. Good but, for you. Uh, wow, good still, for you. So yeah. former Millard North basketball coach uh, happened uh, today. Happened today. And yeah. told my team today and end of the season and going to end up. Uh, being a better teacher and a better dad. Yeah. So go be a full-time dad. So yeah, breaking news. Wow. How, congrats. How, how did that go? I mean, I was. It was a. I mean, as we all know, I mean, it's it's tough to balance family and uh, coaching and teaching. Um, I don't know what you guys teach, but I teach history, and I feel a dedication to all parts of the job. And um, I, it was kind of. I decided time to start raising my kids and stop raising other people's kids even though i loved doing it i had to kind of make a tough decision sure and uh really excited for the, what the next chapter is and my daughters are in dance and i'm gonna go be a dance dad after <laughs> school now and watch them i got I've, I've gotten really good at watching uh figuring out how to put on makeup on a six and a half year old <laughs> <laughs> you, you play your cards right Maybe you'll you'll have your own Discovery Channel show or something like oh. that, you know. Hey, you know there's Dance show, Dads with Dave Deal. Dance Moms. Dance Dads. Dance yeah. Dads, yeah. That'd Dance Dads great. with Dave. What's that? D. What's the math? D. There's four Ds. Dance Dads, Dave Deal. D. Four, D, D, D cubed. D, no, that's <laughs> cubed is three. D quaded. Quad, four quad. Four quads. I don't know. We're going to move on. We're, we're not smart enough to talk about those things, so... Uh, but, yeah, we're at Longwell's here across the street from uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena, 350 Canopy Street. They've got great specials here for the state tournament, not only this week, but next week as well. They have taken care of us here at, uh, you know, putting this together. Uh, we're here after the first session on Thursday, so there's been a couple of finals that have been registered already. Uh, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin, at G, uh, a pen and a napkin, excuse me. We try to have daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so please follow us there. Uh Go to SoundCloud or iTunes. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on SoundCloud or, or iTunes. So download, rate, review, give us five stars uh, so we can get the word out. We want to help out other coaches. That's exactly what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And if you have some questions, comments, suggestions, email us, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. So we are going to get started on the 250th anniversary oh. of the Boston Massacre, as Coach Deal pointed out to us. It's just, hit, a, just a little bit as ago. As a history teacher, March 5th, 1770, the, you can't have me on the podcast and not talk <laughs> history. <laughs> Five great Americans killed at the hands of lobster backs. Yes. British and, tyranny as its best. I know. It's never been the same. 
Coach Rocky looks like she's about ready to cry. She is in so much pain talking this much history. History is awesome. painful. History painful. of basketball. Yes, there you go. At least he's not talking traffic patterns. Exactly. Yet. Yes. I'm okay with this. <laughs> yes. So. Yet. So let's talk about your guys' seasons here. All three of you, kind of all in the same place. Um, you had you had really nice years. Um, in the in the run of things, you know, all three of you played. Uh, or, you know, had a chance to get to the state tournament, fell a little bit short. Unfortunately, that's why you're sitting here. I wish you were still playing and not sitting here with me. Um, you know, I guess one of the things I wanted to talk about is evaluating your season. And when do you start doing that? At, at what point do you, you know, how do you decompress a little bit? And then, okay, when do I feel ready to kind of give this an open, honest, fairly analytical Look and, and, and what are you going to be looking for and all of those things here as we enter kind of the quiet time of things for everybody. So, Matt, the, yeah. two, the two veterans are looking at you. They have tied <laughs> Kelly Flynn for the most appearances on a pen and a napkin. All right. So they're going to throw you to the wolves first Yeah, here. let's go. You know, right away, as soon as the season's over, we, we, well, we evaluate all through the season, but as soon as the season's over, you know, you sit down and look at what you did well and, Try to rehash it in your mind and look at what you can do to improve on. Uh, we we took a week to meet with the players. We do a lot of individual meetings, see where they're at, what their goals are, what they're doing in the spring. You know, talk about summer, and uh, just to kind of get an idea where the girls are at mentally coming off the season. You know, when you finish the season, uh, you know, on a loss, which most teams do, obviously. You have Everybody to, but six. Right, right, exactly. You just yeah. kind of want to see where you're at. And I think the girls realized it was a great year. Uh, but, you know, we, we want more, and yeah. that's what we're working towards, and that's what we'll uh, evaluate for, for next season. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Jen? I think the same thing. Like, I've been taking time, especially in the last week, to uh, talk to players, kind of get their opinion of the season. Um, I think, you know, it, losing leaves a bitter taste. At least I think it does for all of us, and it's hard to evaluate right away without thinking that you failed in some degree. But, um We've been meeting with players and just kind of getting their opinion and, and hearing from them about things that are kind of away from the X's and O's, kind of the culture of our team and where things, you know, if they broke down, where they broke down so that I can get some feedback to uh, go into the summer and try to build some of that culture and uh, correct some of the things that went wrong that in that degree. Um, I haven't sat down yet to... I guess I haven't refreshed yet. I haven't, I haven't come down from that yet. Um, still kind of hungry and and wish that we were here playing today, but um, at the same time, like, I, I would think in the next couple of weeks, just kind of sit down and figure out where we need to go X's and O's wise to be better next year, and I mean, most of us will have a new team, I'll have a brand new team, uh, so just kind of figure out personnel at some point and see where we need to go. You're in a unique situation where, you know, most coaches lose a graduating class and kids that don't go out, but you're losing players literally to another school. How, how's that going to work? I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. You know, it's bad enough that you lose seniors, and I think we all become fond of our seniors, and it's hard to say goodbye to them. But uh, it's weird when you're sitting down having those individual meetings with players that are sophomores and that you're going to play against next year. I mean, you're asking them the same questions, and you kind of try to figure out their goals, but at the same time you're like, well, thanks for sharing your goals with me. I'll be coaching against you next year. So it is weird. Uh, it was different the last time I did this. You know, Elkhorn South opened, and it was different then. Um, but, you know, obviously it is what it is, and you just got to figure out a way to 
to deal with it and make the most of it. Are yeah. they not letting kids decide where they want to go? No, our, our junior class will stay, so they'll be seniors next year. Okay. And uh, Elkhorn North will open without seniors, but it's where you live, so. And re- really, that's yeah, got to yeah. be tough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it. You think I'd be? I mean, I I did it the last time we opened a school. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. time's a little bit different. It's just different makeup of the team, so it was a different situation last time. But oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. David, I mean, for for me, it's a matter of, you know, you're constantly evaluating the season. Like, what are we good at? What are we bad at? What's worked well? What changes need to be made? Um, And, you know, down the stretch, who needs to play more? Who needs to play less? You know, at the end of the season, we started playing a a certain kid more minutes. We've, like, you know, in matchup X, Y, and Z, we're like, hey, this kid really gives us some good minutes. And I kind of liken it. You know, in that little situation, too. Um, like the NBA Finals, you watch those, and like in game four, Steve Kerr starts a big, and you're like, oh, why do you do that? And game five, he starts a little. And it's, you know, in the moment, you're constantly evaluating, and I like that in game or in season strategy. But at the end of the season, I think the big thing is you examine what are your big rocks, like what are our big culture pieces, and Evaluate how well did we do in upholding those culture pieces, and where we didn't do well, how do we how do we improve in that area? Mm-hmm. And that was always big for us in the last four years, and just upholding that culture and making sure that we um, you know we're constantly improving in yeah. that you know looking at where the weaknesses were and where our strengths were and how we could and build that into our culture. Yeah. What, uh, Jen, what are you, you know, and, and, and you haven't had a ton of thought into it yet, but what's the two or three, because I think every summer is different, depending on what you have back. You know, this summer it's going to be, we want to, we, we feel like we're this close and we need to do stuff this summer to get us over that hump. Or, gosh, we, we lost a lot and we just need to figure out one, two, three, four, five, more than anything else, you know. So... In your, in your, I mean, you, I'm sure you've thought about it since your season was over with, but kind of what do you think you're going to be emphasizing this summer as opposed maybe differently to your past summers as you bring your group together? I think, um, number one, besides the basketball aspect, we are going to focus on uh, leadership. You know, we, we lost, we've been fortunate in the last five, six years because of the players we've had to have strong leaders and uh, I think we've rode their coattail per se Um, but I think it's time to kind of teach the leadership side of things um, to help with the culture side of things Uh, so I think we're going to focus on that but as far as like basketball goes you know um, we need to focus a little bit more on what we need to replace and you know for us that'll be ball handling that'll be guard play um and then just figuring out a way where we can emphasize our strengths. I think we have some good kids coming back, but we got to get the most out of them. Sometimes we didn't get the most out of them. And um, just work on individual play and, and getting better individually, I think this summer is going to be huge for us. How do you, how do you, guys, how do you guys teach leadership? Because, like, here's it. I mean, no. <laughs> Boy, that's like, the $64,000 question No, right but, like, there. I'm just kind of curious because no, I like to talk to other coaches too. But 
like three years ago, we're playing in the summer, and we're playing in Kearney at some UNK event. It was Kearney. No, we're playing in Iowa. And uh, it was between Lauren West, sophomore and junior year, and she was playing awful, and I put her in the second group. And I was like, you're off the bench now. And she wasn't playing well. And at the game, I was like, hey, like you need to be a leader. And she goes, hey, I'm, I'm 16. Like, I don't ever, like, what's that mean? You keep saying, be a leader, be a leader. Like, I'm, I'm a 16-year-old girl. Like, yeah. how do you, yeah. like, teach me? And so, how do you guys go about teaching that? Like, for me, it was, I had to, like, make an almost everyday point. Like, hey, today in the weight room, here's what leadership looks like. And today in the film room, here's what leadership looks like. How do you, how do you guys go about it? Go ahead, Matt. One thing we, one thing we started about uh, five years ago was uh, leadership meetings. So there's the uh, book out there by Jeff Jansen. It's called A Captain's Leadership Guide. He's got a great website, oh, yep. tons of books. Yep. And we uh, started that, and we start in the summer, and I, it's about a 10-week program. It's written out oh, in this really? book. It's amazing on what it looks like to be a leader, how to be a vocal leader, a leader by example. Uh, I would recommend it, and I have recommended it to a ton of coaches. Again, Jeff Jansen, uh, Team Captain Leadership Guide or something like that. And it is outstanding. And it's it puts it out there. It just yeah. flat out says what you're thinking as a coach that these kids don't know. We read it together. We have meetings, and, re- and the meetings are usually 30 minutes, 45 minutes. We'll meet uh, in the evening sometimes. Sometimes we meet for breakfast, uh, wow. and I and I take my captains. Um, I've had a uh, football coach at Oregon, Nathan Wells. He takes his two or three kids from each class and does it, from each grade level. So he starts them really young. Uh, that's an option. I like that. Uh, we've got a lot of coaches ask me about it, and uh, I would highly recommend it to uh, any coach. What were some of his keys? Uh, just, again, how to, it shows what leadership is, uh, how captains are decided, um, what you can do as a captain, uh, how to be a vocal leader, how to be a leader by example, uh, how to get uh, red flags, how to communicate with coaches, uh, how to communicate with teammates. Uh, you know, the, the kids don't understand. You know, if I yell at them, yeah. that's a bad thing, but maybe there's a better way to approach it. And so, and, you know, the kids will learn. They, 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 it's not perfect science, but I, I like oh. the program a lot. Yeah, yeah. How about I love you, Jen? that. No, I mean, what I've done in the past, we have a leadership council, too, that we meet with coaches throughout the season. But um, I don't know that we've really stuck to our guns with it very well. We, Like I said, we've been fortunate to have great kids who are strong, positive leaders. And, uh, you know, we kind of kind of lost a little bit of that right now. So um, I think what we do is we sit down at the beginning of the season with our seniors and uh, we, I make them name some good leaders. Like, I'm like, in your mind, tell me some good leaders. And oh, wow. Don't give me their names, yeah. but tell me what made them a good leader. And then I'm like, okay, you've also had maybe some negative leaders. And you're, tell me what those characteristics are. And so we talk that out, and I'm like, okay, which category are you going to fall into? Like, let's come back to this, and let's visit, like, a month from now. Or which category are you in right now? Yeah. So. Just by example, we've had been fortunate, like I said, to have that. Um, so that was going to be my plan of attack. But I love, I love what Coach Kern said here. I'm going to look into that. That sounds, that sounds like Teach. something too. One of the things that, again, in the, I get to go shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know. Uh, but if I were to get back into it, I would start because a lot of times we go, well, now you're seniors, now be our leaders, right? Right. Okay. One of the things that I would do differently is that training would begin 
as freshmen, yep. and we're going to teach everybody from freshmen to seniors to be leaders. And instead of just okay, well, now we're looking at this class, and they're supposed to be our leaders. But like like Dave was saying, you know, I don't know how to be a leader, and now I'm 17, and now you're asking me to lead this group. Well, you know, what have we done? It, it, you know. I guess I would look at it, you know, in a lot of ways, like a teaching aspect, especially like math. You teach. In math, you, you go algebra teach. one to algebra two, or algebra one to geometry, or whatever the track is, and and I think there's got to be that step by step process. So, when by the time they're seniors, hey, okay, now I know what I'm going to do, and now it's just tweaking instead of reinventing the wheel. Well, and then, and, and, I, and that's something I would have done differently. Yeah. In those you know? cases, you got negative leadership. Like we've all dealt with those those kids the players that wants to lead but don't know how to do it correctly and can just destroy the culture of a team and it's kids who you know they're like get over that screen becky you know get back on defense heather you're like all right i get it i see what you're trying to do here and yeah you know I, i i appreciate and so that is something that needs to be nipped in the bud. And then we as coaches got the responsibility for it. You know, like, what does good leadership look like? And then furthermore, like, there are some kids on a team that we all agree maybe can have that role and that tone, mm-hmm. but it better be a select few. And yeah. if you're going to take on that leadership role, then um, you better end up, like, you know, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you can you can have too many you can have too many voices oh, in yeah. the locker room. You oh can, yeah. You, you can have too many voices in the locker room, and you know the best situation is if you have. I don't think you could just have one, but you can't have seven. You know, if you've got two or three really really strong voices, and then everything else kind of falls into line that's the ideal situation and, and we've all all four of us have been in that situation where we've had that we've had that nirvana line itself up and then we've all been in that situation where we've got zero voices or we've got 10 voices well we did we brought a uh, a sports psychologist in this year and i'd recommend him to you guys and all your listeners his name's tyler bird he's married to one of our best players ever had um you must be on a public school budget What's that? You must be on a public school budget. <laughs> we, well, yeah. Uh, so Tyler uh, is married to Katie Vertisca, the best three-point shoot, second best three-point shooter in Miller North history. His Twitter is at the Think Shrink, at the Think Shrink, Tyler Bird. And that point you mentioned, Marty, about like you can't have seven voices. He came in and di- uh, before our districts did some activities about leadership, communication, um, you know, and how naturally roles get assigned. You know, in any situation, natural leaders will emerge and that it's okay to have a natural leader be emerge and it's okay to be willing to let someone else lead you. And, you know, there has to be leaders and followers and if you're a follower, that's cool. It doesn't mean you're a loser. It just means that, you know, you're doing your job and the leader does their job. And, again, Tyler Bird did a great job for us. And I think what's neat is, like, everyone looks at us head coaches or us former head coaches and goes, like, oh, it's basketball. It's 
basketball, like you're in X's and O's, like the one three one defense. I don't know, like what percent I swear, like five percent of what we do is basketball? I wish. Yeah. I wish we did more basketball. Yeah. We didn't have to worry about yeah. all this. I mean, we're psychologists. Yeah, that's we're the easy roster part. managers. The basketball's I, the easy part. I, I, I tell you what. We're bus schedulers. <laughs> the, the, best, the best thing I did, I felt like a basketball genius again. I had one hell of a dynasty on NBA 2K. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, won, I won like eight championships in 11 years. Are you managing cap space and stuff like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Trading draft picks and, and, and signing guys to tend to be, you know, but that was just... The video game, and I think part of today's culture and the way people think of it is people look at this as, well, you have this piece, make it work, it should work. And you're thinking in your mind, yeah, it should, and I agree with you, but for whatever reason, it's not working, and I'm trying to crack the code, but... Oh, there's a million factors. How do you, you, you you know, if, if everybody knew how to crack the code then it'd be that easy, don't you? I mean... Well, and that's, I think, what separates good coaches from, you know, not good from bad, but, like, that's, I mean... So, so, so let me, let me, let's, let's ask this question then. All four of us know what we're doing. We're all well, smart people here. Well, I mean, I don't know. Depends who you ask. Yeah, 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 good, take, take the compliment while you can, <laughs> yeah. all right? Now you screwed up my example. <laughs> oh, no, okay, okay. All four of us know what we're doing. We know what's expected. We know everything. Here's something for our listeners. What do you do when you just have that uncoachable kid or that uncoachable group? And all three people just just about threw up here at the table. I wish you would have seen that visual reaction there. If you were to do it over again, you look, and, and, I, and I can think of situations. You and I played each other every year for how many years? You're thinking of kids from my team. I'm thinking of kids from your team, so forth and so on. How, what would you do differently with the quote-unquote uncoachable player, you know, or the difficult parent or family, or you know, you know what I mean? I think the one thing you guys mentioned that, you know, looking back on it, that I needed to do better is just that constant communication. Yes. You know, constant establishment of here's where you stand. You know, I, I was very lucky to work with Chip Baugh, who was a great coach. And, and long ago, he once said, if a kid doesn't like where they're at in your program, that's their fault. If a kid doesn't know where they're at in your program, that's your fault. Yeah, and that's a great point. A then great point. secondly, you know, if they don't like where they're at, then how do you build that relationship and make them understand that you, the coach, aren't the bad guy. You know, and I think just constant meetings, you know, constant off-the-field work, off-the-court work. You know, for example, um, last year I may or may not have finagled all of the schedules of my junior class to get them into my history class so that we would have time away from basketball together yeah. and, they, and they could see like, oh, he's more than a basketball coach. He's a below average history teacher also yeah. that tells really bad dad jokes. Yeah. And But he's a traffic expert. And so also we're a traffic okay. expert. Yeah. Yeah. So I think building those relationships help get you through that. So the, I think communication and relationships, I guess, that's my take. What do you guys think? I, I think relationships yeah. and communication is key. I was going to say the same thing. The only other thing I would add probably is 
uh, consistent approach and accountability because oftentimes, and we're all guilty of this, you know, you might hold one player accountable for something and then you didn't hold them accountable the next game you let it slide and we try not to obviously and those are the things you have to be very consistent with and then that player knows oh i'm not allowed to do that or i have to do this to do to be able to perform and play on the court at the same time and and we all try i know that every coach tries to and some are better than others and that's why uh certain players know their role know where they're at and have that uh, understand where to be yeah I, I think if you, we've all been guilty, at least I have, but if you let it go, it just oh. festers and festers, yes. and it frustrates not just you, it frustrates the rest of the team, and it can just be a, a total cancer on your team. So, I mean, the easy thing to do is to give up on the kid and bench him or do whatever, but, um, you know, obviously we're all in this for other reasons other than winning, so... Um, I think constant communication, that's what I would redo, is just go back and keep working with that kid. I don't know what you can do about the parents. You mentioned that. And I think that's probably a big part of the problem most of the time. Um, But, you know, just trying to build that relationship with the kid, kind of tune out the parents a little bit and uh, just show them that you care more about them than you do them as a basketball player. I think that's huge. But you just got to keep working with them. And, and again, maybe, maybe going back to some of these – leadership things that you guys mentioned maybe that helps but and maybe you can go back to refer to some of those things as well you know i think we all like like we're sitting here watching college basketball and i think the uh the the pinnacle or the ultimate is like when you watch college coaches talk about their relationship with kids you know i i wish that's kind of like my goal is to have i don't know a kid look at me the way shane battier looks at coach k or whatever I got to keep in mind also that those are grown young men, and yeah. also they're a thousand miles from home, and you know, so they're hearing I think one voice. It's Coach K's voice yeah. or Jim Flannery's voice right. or whatever, and those kids are also put in more precarious situations. Hey, they're learning a new school, they're in a new place, yeah. you know, and there's more I guess stress or whatever in their lives. So I'm, maybe I'm holding myself to an un- unrealistic standard, but. Um, you would hope that, you know, a kid doesn't care how much they know until they know how much you care. And I wish it was easier to get kids to believe how much I care. Yeah. And I'm like, I get that you're the eighth kid on my roster and you're playing 12 minutes a game. But despite that, I still deeply yep. care about you. Yep. I can, I wish you would trust me. And when it's all said and done, like... I'm going to be there for you. Yeah. Your minutes are not a reflection of how I care about you. Don't you think the hardest situation, and, and I'm, we've all been there, you have a kid that you absolutely love as a person but can't play them as a basketball player. And, and, and if you do this long enough, you're going to be there. You're going to be there in multiple situations. And, and those are the those are the, the, the toughest ones that, to, to deal with. And. You know, we used to, you were talking about being away from home. You know, we have them for two hours a day at basketball practice. And then I, I always used to call it uh, dinner table problems. And there's there's nothing we can control about the dinner table conversations that, hey, I'm with Coach Raggi from 3.30 to 5.30, and I'm leaving the gym at 5.30, and, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all in tune with my role, and I'm feeling great, and I love being – I love being an antler, and and then you go home and you sit at the dinner table, and Dad comes home and says, "Yeah, you know what? You should be playing above Mary and Susie and Becky." 
you know, and everything that you've done for two hours to convince Laura that this is your role, no accept, embrace, and excel at it, that's destroyed in three minutes at the dinner table. Don't you think? I think that's absolutely the truth. And, I mean, sometimes the kid will understand their role more than their parents. They'll understand what needs to be done for the team. They'll get it. They're on board. But, I mean, they're going home and they're listening to people, obviously, that they care about and that have been with them their whole lives. And maybe they're telling them they have to score more. Maybe they are a player and maybe they should be scoring more. And, uh, you know, why aren't you shooting the three more when I'm telling them, you know what, drive to the basket more. And so, you know – it, it, it's always going to happen. I don't. Yeah. It seems to be more because we, I think we have more experts out there now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, we have to find a way to kick each other's brains to deal with it. But I think, again, it kind of comes back to laying it out there, like having a meeting and saying at the beginning of the season, we know your parents might have different goals than maybe our team has for you. Let's acknowledge that problem. Let's say, how are we going to deal with this? You know, you have each other to talk to. Um you have us to talk to, but, you know, maybe just acknowledging the problem is, is step one, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, how, and how great is it when those kids realize that yeah. role and yep. they do yep. it and they excel at it? Oh, it just yes. feels so good. And, then, yeah. and they're, they always want to work hard and be the best in the team. Yep. And keep in mind, like, us sports teams aren't the only ones going through this. And, like, every leadership book, I mean, I'm sure we've all noticed this. We've all read leadership books, whether it's, like, Alan Stein or – whoever or Zig Ziglar Mm -hmm. like you in your office job you have a role in my department I have a role in my marriage I have a role and so those those authors write those books to be universal yeah and um and there's I mean go to the airport like go to the air go to go to the airport bookstore and like there's an entire (laughs) section why can I just see you wandering around the airport? <laughs> can, I, can I wander around? Yeah, there's stuff at the airport. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, uh, if we solve this problem, do you know how many authors are going to be out of a job? <laughs> I'm just imagining you walking around Epley just talking to people. Oh, I would love to. Oh, my God. I know you would. That's why I'm laughing, because I have this visual in my mind that I know is highly realistic. So. Like, hey, where are you, hey, where are you coming from? Oh, from, from Philadelphia. Oh, that must be nice. Yeah. Those dance moms are going to embrace you. No, Stephen, uh, uh, no, but I can't do the makeup. Right. So Angie, God bless, okay. God bless her soul, yeah. does the makeup. So she goes backstage. I got to sit there and talk to the dance dads. Yeah. And uh, I'm on now, I'm on tech crew where, like, I can build the stage and stuff like that. So, I don't know, I can talk to anybody. Uh, All right. Um, How, uh, let's go here. Uh, We're at the state tournament. Uh, What are some things that maybe you saw this year that you're like, that's good. I want to bring that in with my team next year. You know, some, whether it's a cultural thing, whether it's an X's and O's thing, uh, maybe, you, you know, you saw some stuff on film that you're like, you know, I, I, I'm thinking of adding that to my to our repertoire next year. Or you took special note of that or, or just something you saw and you go, yeah, you know what, that team or that program is doing a really, really good job with blank, you know, that type well, of thing. If we're talking X's and O's, I can just talk about the game we just watched. I was really impressed with uh, – Norris's ball movement. Um, I mean, 
the way they've swung the ball around the perimeter against Creed, and it was a motion offense, kind of a five-out look, uh-huh. but the ball swung at a constant pace in most of their half-court possessions with their coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed I that. They did a good job, like and yeah. I think every one of their players on the perimeter, they're catching the ball, and they're in triple threat, they're yeah. a threat, and they are a threat, you know? Yep. But I think the other thing is that they they move well without the ball, and they know their strengths, and whether you're talking about Stai, who maybe is on the perimeter shooting threes, and then she goes inside a little bit, um, yep. you know, and and. Honestly, Creed did the same thing. I mean, Maley yeah. was having trouble getting the ball. She found a way to get it when it counted, right. you know. But uh, And they're getting each other open. That was the other thing I noticed. They're not – like on our team, we're all looking for, for the ball. And <laughs> instead, I think on those two teams I just watched was, how can I get my best players open? Yep. And that, I think that was big That's right. Well. Yeah, we can learn. And that's yep. what we're trying to do. I loved, I loved watching those games this morning. Yeah. That was a really you know, good game. You, you see that general direction of, of what Norris did, you know, in the five out and kind of the NBA influence. Yeah. Hopefully it's a little more Milwaukee Bucks driven than Houston Rockets driven <laughs> yeah. as a basketball purist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, um, but, you know, how much are you guys looking at stuff like that and you're going, you know, that fits the Antlers or, or that fits, you know, the Dukes or whatever it may be, you know. Um, yeah, no doubt. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, that's. Well, we have a little bit of a change. We only graduate one, but it was a post player, so it kind of changes what our team will look like next year. So there's a chance that uh, maybe we'll, you know, move, spread it out a little bit. You know, you have to evaluate that. I mean, those guys are all at Norris. Those girls are six foot tall. You, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, yeah, we just added about. him to our schedule. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a great <laughs> thing. We're, we're breaking news all over the place. <laughs> Out there in York in, yeah. in December. Here we go. I mean, <laughs> on, a, on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful drive along. Who's going? Yeah. Who's going where first? I, I oh, mean, we, we're going we, there. We I don't host. know. We get a host this year. So yeah. You're hosting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I won't be there. I'm just letting you know right now. I'm not going to be there. So yeah. Yeah. Not you know. Now think, if you if you're going to Grand Island, maybe I'd go there. You know, I'll, I'll probably have to pick up David at Epley after he's got right, picked up go. for a for a stocking <laughs> charge or something I, like that. So loitering, loitering, loitering. I think <laughs> what what I'm always curious about. Like, I love X's and O's and the way things work and why Team X does things a certain way. But when it comes down to it, like, we're all coaching and telling players, like, I, you know, the key isn't what you do, it's how you do it. And you mentioned, like, ball movement. I've always, like, Lincoln Southwest, I was asking, hey, yeah. hey, Coach Rump, like, if your kids stop passing the ball, do you, like, go home and, like, make them – like steal their dinner like your ball <laughs> movement is amazing like how do you so i think all x's and o's will work if a given the right personnel and b just yeah. be right. hammered home and so my question is i always ask which is like what did you do to get so good yeah. at what you did right like one yeah. day so we're playing this summer <laughs> We're playing in uh, Des Moines again, or Indianola. Indianola. We played in the summer. Played uh, Southeast Polk, which was they're very good, extremely good, outstanding. And all they did was run motion, kind of some Jim Flannery on the wing, back pick, you know, off the ball, back pick and flare and read the screen, read the defense. And this was the most not insulting but like hurtful part. We're getting killed by thirty, and we can't stop them. Like, every, every away screen is just a bucket, a three, a flare, a layup. After the game, I go, hey, coach, holy cow. Like, how long 
do you work on that every day for the last how many years? And she goes, oh, we put that in last week. <laughs> like, oh, no. I think sometimes you do have to have some personnel. Special yeah. <laughs> that does yeah. help, obviously. What I would like to do is I would love to go watch other people practice. Like, oh, what you're doing, best. Marty, like, I would love to take time. Yep. We can't do that because, obviously, we're all coaching at the same time. But, like, just going into a college practice more than a day. You know, sometimes I take a day and I've been to Nebraska's practice, Creighton practice. But just taking time to go into people's practices for maybe two days or three days, that would be an awesome experience. And I don't care what level, boys, girls, high school, college. Obviously, we don't get that opportunity um, just because of the way it's set up. But I think that would be a great I maybe agree. I'll take a year off. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe well, multiple years, maybe, many years. Maybe. Well, but also I kind of like that. You know, our season, our practices start in November, and the colleges start early they October. Do. They do. So I kind of use that now. fall they do. Yeah. to go. Yeah, you know, yep. and I think what's really cool is as a head coach or a coach, whatever. Um, I really enjoyed the kind of the what I call like being in the club and. You know, we, we all could call up Connie Yori or, you know, yeah. Amy Williams. They're like, hey, can I come watch practice? Um, one time we were going to drive through Stillwater, and I was like, hey, can we come watch a practice? They're like, yeah. Like, they didn't know us from Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come they're on in. Great. Very welcoming. And they're always yeah. great, which is so neat. It was neat. You know, I brought a new freshman coach on this year, and I said, hey, just so you know, when you're in the club, like you're in the club, you could call any college and – They'll, they'll let you in. He's like, really? They will? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know. It's just kind of we all look out for each other. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I, I will miss that. I love the strategy. I love the X's and O's. And kind of building that team and, hey, with our personnel, what is going to be our best fit? Now, how do I teach that? What's the building blocks? Yeah. I'll miss that a lot. I miss that, too. That's, yeah. the, that you know, other than the camaraderie. And I w- it was on a recent pod, I forget, what, you know, in the last one or two that I've done. Yeah, that came up too, and that's what you're going to miss. You're going to—it's in a weird, messed up, warped way. You miss sitting in front of your computer for six hours, taking notes and trying to figure <laughs> yes. stuff out. I mean, you will, and, and that's what I—that's I, I, I do. I, I, I miss. I don't miss watching Roggy's team kick my ass all the time. <laughs> but well, I was just going to say, if you miss it, I mean, I can give you some scouting film, and you can, <laughs> yeah. you can uh, send Break it my it way. <laughs> yeah, hey, Let, let's let's talk a little yeah, later. Let's yeah. talk a little. Tell later. you what, I hey, contract out. Con- well, I know, twenty five right? bucks that's, an hour. That's what I give say. Twenty five. Twenty five. It's felt, it's felt weird this last week not watching film and. Yeah being on huddle, so I thought maybe I can contract out my services since we didn't qualify this year. How many, all right, question. So you have, a, let's say a big game. Who's York's main rival? Oh. Uh, how about Seward? Let's go Seward. Okay, yeah, yeah. and you're playing, let's say you're playing Elkhorn South. Tom Tiverti, who will I be mean, on another round yeah. table South. Yeah, he used to be Elkhorn South. Or who's your We're toughest opponent? We're not playing opponent. him anymore. Um, we used to be Gretna, used to be Elkhorn yeah. South. So you, right, York. You, you've kind of lost definitely that. Definitely York. York. We lost yeah, all of them. Yeah, we did. Street we did. Rivalry. You know, we did. We, we just lost uh, – so we lost Gretna when they when they went to the Metro. Uh, that was a big one. Um, but now we lost Elkhorn South because they they went to Class A schedule only. It'll be north. How many – Elkhorn north. It probably will. Yeah. yeah. How many games of huddle are you watching for a big game? How many would you watch? How many would you watch? For me, it's about three and a half or four. Similar defenses, obviously, is the first thing we look for. If their team's yeah. playing man, we're primarily a man team. So we look for that. 
I like the recent three also, three or four. Yeah. And obviously we play each other so much. You know, yeah. sometimes we'll go back to previous seasons just to look at some of their sets See, okay. and some of their uh, inbounds. But like with Tiverti, and we know each other so well, we probably wouldn't even need to watch film. But right. I know what you're saying, though. Yeah. You definitely want to break it down. And that's kind of my football in me. I, I coach a little football, too, so love breaking down football film, so it just kind of carries over into basketball. I love that. I love the break. I, I, I mean, I don't love staring at a screen forever, but, like, just the, the chess game right. yep. is so that much fun. fun. Yeah. Um, Especially when you know each other. So they pull out something new. Yeah. Well, they, so you do, you've never run that before. We played Elkhorn in the state tournament, what, three years in a row? Yeah. And uh, her assistant at the time <laughs> used to be my assistant, so he knew a lot of my stuff. And uh, I had changed all the names, so I'm yelling different names of plays. Then he sees it and realizes it's the exact it. same play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was perfect. <laughs> I coached. I you, coached. you were able to give plays different names. We, yes. we, we barely struggled with just the original name a lot of the <laughs> That's time. That's where we're at now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I coached uh, with Josh Siski one summer, and he ran a, a, a backdoor lob play. He called it Money. Yep. And then it was, it was, a, it was a box set. And a lob out of it, uh, alley oop lob, and we never ran it at Millard North, but we go play them, and just as a nice little how do you do, we installed it that we can <laughs> ran it first Love play that. of the game. Absolutely, Steve Kerr does that all the time. I got a question for you guys. Okay. I know I'm not supposed to be asking. No, the go ahead. No, 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 no. This is awesome. This so, is awesome. so obviously the AU thing, the club thing, has become big. Do you guys see a difference in your players and their ability to learn plays over the last four to five to six years? To know plays. To, like, learn the play, X, Y, Z, goes here. Maybe it's just Elkhorn. I don't know. It might be unique to certain players uh, for me. Some players pick them up quick. Some players have had so many different things thrown at them that maybe their mind might be full. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I see a little of that. yeah, a lot of it just depends on the player, maybe for us. Yeah. But yeah, it, it can be. It can be. Well, I don't know. I think so. You play a lot of club. You maybe you're sitting in a zone during club. Or maybe, maybe they're you're not running playing plays, full court you know? man. So now all of a sudden you got to do what we do. Yeah. And that can be a challenge. Yeah. yeah that's. that's I, I think we we struggle we struggle knowing our own out of bounds plays oh my recently. <laughs> and so I'm thinking that what is going on? What am I doing wrong? Why are these kids not learning this? What do I need to do different? And then I'm scouting other teams, and I'm like, they don't know their out-of-bounds plays either. So then I'm asking the opposing coach, I'm like, you guys by chance struggle with your out-of-bounds plays? And it's the same thing. And I'm like, this it never used to happen before. You know, we used to – I don't know. I, it's I think, weird. You know I what? Um, I think what's important or, you know, keep it simple, stupid. And Coach Ritz kind of taught me that yeah. this year is, you know, I had – 7,000 quick hitters and by the middle of the season, Coach Ritz is like, hey they don't, forget play 7,000 they don't know play number two Yeah, <laughs> like let's just make four and I think that goes back to it's not what you do, it's how you do yeah. it and um, you know, Gil get good at really at four plays and if, if the defense cheats in this manner, then you have a beat Down for that down. cheat. And I, you know, we were playing in a Kansas State in the summer, and we played Manhattan High School. Oh, they were down there too, yeah. And all they did was flex. 
And the coach had been there for 8,000 years. And somewhere, Tom Davis and Gary Williams are crying tears of joy. Yeah, and they yes. just they ran from flex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw Cree run some flex out there. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, 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 but Jerome was only crying unless they were moving on their screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so. Yeah. And they ran, the they ran flex. And, and every, every tiny wrinkle our defense threw at them, they had a they had a beat for a it. Counter, yeah. They had a counter, yeah. and I'm like, well, and we lost by like a thousand, <laughs> and and again, so that's another story. And we all coaches sit and just tell stories, yeah. And I think that just goes back to, it's not what you do, it's how you do it, and then hammer it home, and then teach the kids, and then they build the confidence. Like, well, all right, yeah, we're gonna do this, and no matter what the defense do, we're gonna win. But how much of that? So like. It's like the AAU, and, and we're closing in on tryout. You know, tryouts are this weekend for, for a lot of them and, and that type of thing. So the skill development is is awesome, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think the, the the skill level of players has never been higher. Never been better. Yeah. Um, however, the downside of that is they're playing for Elkhorn, York, Millard North. So they're they're learning that, but they they're playing for club team X this year, who's running these five to seven out of bounds plays, these five to seven sets, you know that type of thing. But then next year they could be playing for club team B, and then there here's a whole other thing and a whole other verbiage and that type of thing. Whereas when you were playing for Bruning Davenport Shickley, it was just Bruning. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> we Sorry. didn't need two other teams. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, don't mean to step on the toes. But but it was just you were doing the same thing from seventh grade that you're or yep. you, you were doing the same thing your senior year that you were doing in seventh grade and, and number one out of bounds play was number one out of bounds play. So you're perfecting this as you go through it. Let alone let's say a kid and I think this is a byproduct a bit of that AAU culture. A kid plays for Dave Deal for two years at Millard North and then she transfers to, to Elkhorn or to Millard South or whatever type of thing. So, yes, the skill level and the play are <laughs> the, the skill level and the play are at a, at a at extremely high level, but the execution, the stuff that we as coaching nerds get excited about is not the same. It's, it's almost like we've, we've had to relinquish a little bit of control of the game that we've had as coaches. Well, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, I think there's I think three things with that. One, I think let's give, let's give kids a little bit more credit. Like, I think they can, uh, what we call code switch, is yeah. they, they get back into the winter and they're like, oh, yeah, hey, um, outside, that's this ball out of bounds play. And they can code switch a little bit better than we're giving credit for. Um, I forgot my third point, but my second point was is – you know, let's make sure, let's take also the benefit of AAU. Like, hey, man, they make they made my kids a hell of a lot better. Exactly. And yep. um, the skill set, the skills, the moves. Um, you know, let's 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 benefit from that. Oh, my other point was for listeners, and if any kids are listening, I think we can't stress enough to kids how important IQ is. IQ, hey coach, I can hit the three. Hey coach, I can dribble through my legs. Hey coach, I can do my pivot real good. Yeah, but 
do you know where to be and when to be there? Or why? And, or why to and, be there? And why to, why be, to there? be there? I think is the my favorite. Not my favorite kids, but I really enjoy. And I can pick two. I, I could drop two or three names right now. In practices, <laughs> instead of me telling why to do something, I would call on kids and be like, "Hey, so and so, why are we going to be in a one-four high set right now?" And I love demonstrating to my younger kids. I'd call on seniors and be like, hey, Ellie Danley, why are we in a 1-4 high set right now? You explain it. So that IQ is really important. And one thing I want to be super clear on is, so IQ is important, but also um, let's have AAU complement our jobs and make it an asset for us. And I think some coaches are worried like, hey, that AAU my player is listening to my the AAU coach more than listen to me. Yeah. Then, all right, get better. You know, get better. Yeah. You know what, coach? What are you doing to make your player listen to you and tune into you? Give them reasons to tune you in, not tune you out. And there's, you know, while we all just want to have a captive audience, and to realize we don't have that captive audience. What yeah. are you doing to get better? Yeah, that's and, part of that relationship and exactly that trust with those kids. I mean, AAU's. We're a little different than you guys being in the Metro, but that's a huge promotion for us. I mean, that's one of our oh yeah know, pillars and you know, all of our goals is to try to get two to three girls from each class to play. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I don't know if you have – everybody does that. I don't know in the Metro area. But for us, if we can get, you know, 25 girls third through 12th grade uh, every year doing that, you know, we're going to be in good shape. Okay. And that's what we try to hit, but it's – and that's obviously part of our challenge. We get out west a little bit. At, at the Metro, we had 21 kids in our whole program this year, and I think 17 yeah. played summer basketball. Yep. Different level. Yeah, yeah, just different. And you guys get multi, multi-sport athletes. Correct. I don't yeah, think I we think do. I think that's, that's yep. what's hard is the that's multi-sport athletes. You try to promote that, and then you want them to play AAU. And, uh-huh. and it, it, that's the hard part about that, I think, in the, in the Class agree. B range. Yeah. Um, you try and to you're promote in a tough that. spot right there in the middle of B, of B yeah. but yet in the metro, and then and there's so many variables. Then. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't talk out both sides of your mouth. No, yeah. you can't say, "Hey, play multiple sports, right. but play basketball year round." I think you just have to talk to each individual, and if like we have a kid on our team that's a young kid has a lot of promise, but I mean her main sport is she's probably going to be a D1 softball player, so. You know, do I want her out? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Do you have yep. to play club? No, please, please focus on softball. Yep. Come in when you yep. can. We'll yeah. work with you as much as we can, and otherwise yep. we'll lose that kid. Yep. You know. I I always used to say, you you know, dealing with girls, you know, which one is your husband and which one is a boyfriend, and and that's cool. I, I don't whether I'm your whether it's whether basketball is your husband or your boyfriend, that's fine, but just. When you're with us, be with us. Don't be with us. And I think uh, with the pressure that kids are facing to make decisions, you know. And I, uh, I had a guy on from from Arkansas, Greg White. He was a he was an awesome guest. And he he made one of the best points I've ever heard. He says, "There's not a problem with youth. There's not a problem with sports. But there's a problem with youth sports. And a lot of that is driven by." Adults yeah. forcing kids right. to make decisions, you know, and you know if you don't play basketball, soccer, Parcheesi, checkers, thirteen months out of the year, then you're not going to go 
play, for example, here in Nebraska, volleyball for John Cook. Right. Well, you know what? She's 5'7", and it's got a 4-inch vertical. Right. Doesn't matter what she does. She's not going to play volleyball for John Cook anyway. But that's what they're sold. And with my kids being the age that they are now, you have that thought as a parent where you're like, well, is my son playing enough to have a chance to play at the high school level? But you still want him to be a kid. You still want him, you know, I don't want to decide at 10 years old, this is your path. Because at 13, it could be something totally different. And 16 could be totally different than 13. So we do. We do have to find that. So, So how do we do that? So how do we do it? How do we work with AAU? How do we work with other sports? How do we how do we work with with other sports within our own schools? You know, what are what are things you guys do at, at, at Elkhorn to, to to encourage that? What have, what have you guys done? Well, I, I think for us is we work. I think we work really well together right now. Um, I think the summer is the hardest part for a kid that's a multi-sport athlete. Yeah. So I think you have to make a conscious effort to communicate with the other coaches and the other coaches you all have to be on the same board if you want these kids to do multi-sports then you can't schedule open gyms and open field at the same time and you can't go to a team camp for basketball at the same time they're going to a, a team camp for softball and so if you're all on the same page which is hard that's hard, hard and we're all fighting for the kids and yep. everything but right now we have a fortunate we're fortunate enough to have i think in our female female sports i'll speak for uh, everybody kind of promoting the same thing right now. It's not always been like that, and I'm sure it won't always be like that. But um, I think that's driven, too, by your athletic department, and it starts at the top. And yep. if uh, you have somebody that's leading you and may- forcing you to sit down and-, and iron out the summer, then I think it's possible. But I think the summer is the-, the hardest part for kids. You and, know? and coaches. But yes, <laughs> I- coaches. I've lear- uh, we're lucky at York. We have a very good relationship with all the sports volleyball and softball coaches yep. obviously for girls and we're very blessed to have that administration as well and i've learned over the years these girls less is more sometimes yeah, yeah. you know we, we all push 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 yep. so hard yep. what girls some you know i noticed one summer i just backed off a little bit and yep. the girls responded better yep. and they wanted to be oh, i just want to go play basketball oh no yep. kidding you know hey uh, all right because they, they just weren't forced to do other things and and you know that's a fine line you still got to get give them the opportunities and push it a little bit but it was uh, that's something you always have to evaluate. At Millard North, um, we had a uh, a good program, <clears throat> and it was we started it last summer. It's called SWAT S W A T, and it stands for Strong Women All Together. Love it. And we finally decided that instead of working separately, let's work together. And so most or almost all of our female sports teams worked out together. We do that too, yeah. And yep. instead of soccer going at 8 and basketball yep. at 9, like, hey, we're all ladies. We're all awesome. Like, let's get after it. And we worked all together at the same time. What it took um, what it took was a little bit of give and take. And I know that the softball coach or the soccer coach, like they have their individual goals, like I want to accomplish this, 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 and this. It took a little bit of sacrifice to make sure. Sorry, folks, we're we're getting our food served right now, so we're we're a little bit all over the place. So if we drift a little bit uh, here and there, go go ahead, Jen. We do the same thing. We call it antler power, and uh, we just we bring in all the all the female athletes. 
it's just female athletes, and uh, they do a workout uh, three times a week. I think it's an hour, 45 minutes to an hour and 15. And uh, I think not only does that help us all be on the same page and make it less stressful for the kids, but I also think it helps us build those relationships with each team. It's easy to go cheer for the volleyball team, the softball team, when you're working out together all summer long. So, And then you see... Maybe you don't have a strong leader in your on your basketball team that summer, but maybe there's a couple of leaders on the volleyball team and the softball team or the soccer team that have stepped up, and, and you can learn from those leaders, which you wouldn't normally have if you were doing it on your own. So I think there's a lot of strength, and mm-hmm. sounds like we're doing kind of the same thing. Yeah. And uh, I think it's awesome because the coaches, too, the coaches are working together, too. Yep. And uh, I think it's awesome. I, I'm, I, I know I was very lucky. I was very lucky to work with outstanding coaches, uh, the female coaches especially. Our guys coaches are great, but you know I worked closer with the female coaches. We shared athletes, and I was lucky to work with such great people that had the same core values and one of the same things, and were willing to cede a little bit of control. Like I know you really wanted to run wind sprints for your summer conditioning, but the you know let's do something we all can do you know work together and whatever the case might be and it was great we all bought in you know buy-in was big and um you know at the end of the day you know what wins you that state title was it the wind sprints you ran in june or was the mental toughness that you developed the cohesiveness you know um you know all right hey so did you win? Did you win the state title because you did like bench press or shoulder press, <laughs> or did you win it because you learned toughness and togetherness? I, I, I think it's the I, mental. I agree. You know, they trusted each other. They the, the trust. Each other. Oh, the so trust. Powerful. That was you a fun know. team to watch that you had, coach. Oh, yeah, thank they you. played thank that you. way. You know, and, and that's such. Again, that kind of gets back to something we were talking about earlier. People just think you take the video game part of it this piece should fit with that piece should fit with that piece we've all we've all been there you can have you can have a season that you're 16 and 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 10 and and it can be one of the greatest experiences you've ever had and you can have a 16 and 10 season and you cannot be done with it soon enough you know and it comes to with that lessening those individual things and you know that camaraderie, that coming together, and, and and putting that time in together as a group to make that happen. You know, so um, let's do some let's do some actual basketball like X's and O's here, real quick. Um, give me a give me a good individual defensive drill. What's a what's a good drill? And I, and I know we can't draw it up here on the podcast, but describe as best you can. A really, really good defensive drill that that you guys run that you that that you like to run. Well, uh, one we just started doing this year. I saw on Twitter from uh, Oregon head coach and uh, women's basketball, and it was just a you know it's just a defensive slide one on one drill. Girls are at half court. Uh, they pass the ball to the baseline. They close out and slide, but they have to do it five in a row. And I don't care who you are. That's tiring. 
And that was a toughness, defensive toughness drill that we did. Like you talked about how you got to be a little bit tough mentally. We thought that toughened us up and uh, helped us. Uh, you know, we'd like to play a little bit of full court man at times or just get up and play. And uh, I loved it, you know, just the slides and to stay low and to work hard. And watching those Oregon college girls do it, I was like, oh, this will be, this will be great. <laughs> it wasn't. It was hard. It was hard work. We do one. Uh, I can't take credit of it, credit for it. Ben Meyer, our both of our has been both of our assistants. Uh, it's called the Romanian drill, and uh, so so you start underneath the Romanian basket. Romanian drill. Romanian, Rome like Rome? Romanian. Romanian like the I'm country. I'm sure there's Romania? some history. Yeah, yeah, yeah history. Yeah, the like history Rome. guy here. It should be the Nadia Comaneci I mean, I yes. drill. 1976 <laughs> yeah, Olympic know. gold medalist. By the way, Nicola Villa Ambrosi, my All-Stater, speaks Romanian. And there you have it. There you go. And there you had it. I mean, I don't even know if I have to talk about the drill now. We, I, It's gone. What other things came from Romania? Deadlifts? Romanian, Romanian deadlifts? deadlifts? You I don't know. have Romania... Uh, Dracula. Dracula Ro- came from Romania. Romaine lettuce, I'm oh, pretty boy. sure. Okay. All right. Oh, Romanian drill. Go so, ahead. All right. So, so you, you have a coach. Coach can be anywhere. We usually start... Um, we start with a kid in the corner on the baseline. Start with a kid with a ball underneath the basket. They, they throw it up, get the rebound. They pass it to the coach who's on the wing. The coach quickly passes it to the corner, and then the kid has to, that, that rebounder has to close out. Uh, offense gets, you can decide, two or three dribbles. I think we usually go two dribbles. They have to score. You keep score. Um, obviously, if you score, you get a point. And you just keep rotating. We've done it in teams. So, like, maybe you have a, a defensive team. There's three girls underneath the basket. They take turns. Offense stays on offense. There's three girls in the corner. They just take turns. You know, you go for two minutes, add up your points, and then they switch roles. Um, yep. I think that's been a good one for us. Obviously, if you watch this this year, maybe we should have done it a little bit more. But uh, but it's, it's good defensively, and I think it's good offensively. Like, how do you get somewhere with two dribbles? How do you score? You know, you read the closeout. You can shoot the three if it's a bad closeout. If it's a short closeout, you can obviously drive if, if it's I a think long closeout. Our our first rule all season long defensively was keep the game five on five. I mean, just, again, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Our first offensive rule is keep the game five on five. Avoid scramble mode. And love so, that. um You'll love my offensive rule. My first offensive rule was get high percentage shots from high percentage players. I mean, and we put those in posters in the locker room. Say that again. Uh, my offensive rule I like was it. get high percentage shots from high percentage players. Now, now tell us. Yeah. I, I'm curious. Now, how do you feel like that went? And how, how, like, how, Honestly, what, what percent of the girls buy in or do that, actually? Pretty good. And, and that takes talk in relationships and talking with kids about, like, Hey, what's a good shot? What's a bad shot? Hey, hey, so and so, you're currently shooting 17% from three. You know what? Like, I know you can make them. Yeah. And in this case, the kid was a better than 17%. It just yeah. had an unlucky streak. But if we're gonna shoot, it better be an in and out. Yeah. You know, it better not be a heat check. You don't get heat checks. <laughs> Lauren West, she got heat checks. All right. And so, um, just can we hire you at York? No, I got him. He's, no. he's closer to me. No. If they did all these things you're saying, you did it right. No, well, no, yeah, I mean, Jesus. No, I, mean, I, I, I know. I know. Like, uh, that's the key thing. It's We can talk a big game, but get him to do it. You know, so, here's something I got really good when it comes to shot selection. And and I won't go through the through the 
all the details of it, but Mike Neighbors at the University of Arkansas, yeah. he does his green light, yellow light, yep. red light yep. shooting. And, and again, shoulda, coulda, woulda, that's something or some version of that where, okay, you've got to hit this number on this right. drill in practice. In order, and if you do it, you know what? you got the green light. Let it fly. And, and I won't say anything. I would assume... It's green light for 29 minutes, and then the last three minutes, it's it's, it's shot selection, you know, situation <laughs> right. score. Uh, but you know, green light, yellow light, red light. And if you get a kid, I would, you know, I would think. And again, this is something that I would implement if I get back into it. You know, you you want to shoot. You feel like you should shoot all the time or whatever. And you're telling me in our individual meeting, how come you don't trust me to shoot? Well. You've, you've taken the shooting test seven times, and you failed seven times. If you take if you take the driver's test seven times, and you fail seven times, I'm not letting you drive my car, right. you know, and that type of thing. And it's not an insult, but, but that's a way that you can kind of put that out there, too, I, to, to help encourage shot selection. And, you know, the, the kids hopefully help them realize that. I, I told know, kids, hey, top of the key, unguarded, empty gym, if you're not making seven or eight out of ten – Seven or eight out of ten is a very good shooter. If you're making five out of ten, unguarded, open gym, full, you know, like, hey, five out of ten, you're an average shooter. If you're making different. three out of ten, unguarded, open gym, like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be shooting that a lot. I just but wanna, no, but back I just to the defense. Free throws. <laughs> back to defense. Whatever drill we can do to keep things five on five. And I think a lot of that, and this is just the way I'm wired, is technique. You know, whatever you're doing isn't going to work if your knees aren't bent and your toes aren't on the ground. You know, or you, you know, your toes aren't light. And you don't move your belly button. You know, you don't stretch with that, you know, kick that foot. If you don't do the technique right, then you're going to get blown by, and now you're four on five, and you're in scramble mode. So yeah. um, we do just a, we do it. We call beat dribbler to spot, and it's one on one, and it's me and you. And can I just keep you in front? Uh, it's top of the key. Doing the baseline. The baseline is a great one because so many defenders, for some reason, love to spin their hips and rotate like a like a uh, rotating door. What do you call that? A ballerina. Yeah, like a ballerina, be like, "Hey, here you go, go to the rim." Figure a dance dad would know that. Yes, that, you know, that's okay. She's she's in tap and jazz, not ballet just yet. So anything to keep it five on five. So that means closeouts. That means um, see player and man at all time. Keep it five on five. And I, my kids probably got so tired of me this hit, the whole year yelling, "Stay five on five, stay five on five, stay five on five. and I thought that would, you know, say five and five, five and five. Then it just turns into a rebounding game. Yeah. You know, they we, make shots five on five, then yeah. more power to them. We had a good one. One of my favorite ones that we ran, we called it Irish post-entry because we stole it from Muffet McGraw when we went out there at Notre Dame for her team camp. So you would set up three perimeter players, you know, wing, wing, top of key. And then you've got offense, defense in the post. And then you've got one perimeter player that's going to be your defender, okay? 
So, and then you've got a coach with the ball on the side. So, I hope that all makes sense. Hopefully, I explain that. Okay. Offense or the de- the the perimeter defender rolls it out to, let's say, the wing. Okay. She's got to take it. And she's got to make a good post entry pass into the post. Okay. Now the post, the two post players are going one on one. Then the coach kicks it out, and now once that entry pass is made, and, and they're contesting it, they're putting good pressure on it, so forth and so on. They make the entry pass. Now they've got a snap back. The coach is going to enter it to the offensive player, and now the two perimeter players are going one on one at the same time that the two post players are going one on one. Okay, and then. Um, if you you got to win two out of three. You got to win two out of three spots. If you're in the post, if you're on offense, you got to win two out of three. If you're in defense, you got to win two out of three. If you're on the if you're the defender, you got to win two out of three spots. Or there's a a repercussion, as Coach Ritz would say. So we're working we're working passing. We're working defense, both in the post and on the perimeter. We're working offense. We're we're limiting the dribbles in the post. You know, one dribble in the post. We're working. You know, two dribbles in the perimeter. So, you, like, like I forget which one of you guys said it. You know, we're going to limit that dribble. So, you got to, I think it was Jen's drill. You know, so you're not, you know, Charles Barkley circa 1989 just sticking your butt out and going 19 dribbles on something here. Um, but that was a really good drill for us where we were really working on defense and emphasizing winning your one-on-one matchup. But also you had to learn how to score one-on-one as well. So it was a real nice multi-purpose drill that we got from there. So I really like that one. I, I, I like that one as well. So... Um, anything you guys want to talk about? I got I got one or two more. I got one thing I want to talk about for sure with you before we go. It is we're about twenty minutes away from the tip of the next round here. We can we can keep going. I got one more thing, but if you go have ahead. something you guys yeah, want to talk I about, got, um, okay. Let's, I mean, let's you want to wrap it up here. Yeah, yeah. Let's call it. Let's uh, maybe one more topic. I think. Yeah. I'm yeah. Good. One more. All right. All right. So, my question, to you guys, and this does not apply to you nearly as much now as of this morning sure. what will you do to make yourself better in the off season as a coach you know because i we ask our kids to improve but we should put that pressure on ourselves to improve as well what are one or two things that you're looking to improve as a coach here in the off season to get yourself better for your team going into next year go this, ahead Matt. this is an awesome start i mean this is great i've had a, this has been a great discussion marty i appreciate you having us on here because this is just listening and talking basketball is a big thing it's something I like to do, we've done in the past, and I'll do again, is just going and talking and sitting down with coaches. Um, especially like, uh, you know, GPAC coaches are great access. They're always open to share. Coach Olson at Concordia, you know, uh, get to Hastings. Just try to get to those coaches because their knowledge is great. And anytime you can do that, hit a clinic here and there, it, it, that makes it, it, it makes it fun to meet with them. Obviously, the high school coaches, because it's similar to what we do, uh, but uh, anytime you can meet with them uh, in the spring is good. I love the spring. You go to, you know, you, you talk to different clubs and things like that. Go to those tournaments. Uh, catch any of that. You see people. It's always fun. State tournaments a good time too. Just meeting coaches. That's yeah. This is what it's. I love this. This yeah. is my favorite two weekends of the year. You know, just being able to yeah. come down here and chat with coaches. Chat with the the, uh, yeah. the fraternity the sor- or, or sorority as yeah. it is. The yes, uh, yes. You know, the it's kind of neat because we all. We all go through the same things. We can all share the same battle stories and be like, I had a kid one time, or I do this offense. And the one thing i got to remind myself all the time is 
or I had to remind myself all the time is if there was a magic silver bullet, someone would have found it by now. You know, if, if there was a solution to every single problem and there'd be no more problems, then someone would have found it by now. So we were never the first to experience a problem and we'll, we'll never be the last to experience problem X, Y, or Z. And so you, it's awesome, excuse me, to rely on others and build those relationships with coaches and yep. kind of do what we're doing now. So thanks, Marty. I yep. appreciate it. It's, it's been a blast. Is there one or two areas that you're really going to focus on? We're um, really going to look into shooting. Our shooting this year wasn't where I wanted it to be. I wasn't happy with that. We've got to make some changes. Uh, I think we have good shooters. I just think maybe in-game shooting wasn't maybe shot selection like you talked about. Maybe our footwork was wrong. Maybe our hands, you know, timing, whatever. So I'm going to I'm gonna meet with some coaches, talk to them about what they do differently, what they do to help uh, their best shooter shoot move on from there that's gotcha. it how about you Jen? absolutely like i i think i've identified you know our problems this year and like i said before like i think we're gonna have to i i have to find a way to bring some leadership and uh that's on me so like that's one thing i'm gonna focus on and then i think the other thing is offense like we gotta find a way to fit the needs of our team and i, I gotta figure out our team first you know um but then uh we just i gotta find a way shooting is, is number one but like maybe changing some offensive things and things like that. But I think my goal is to talk to as many people as I can and not just college coaches, but um, the resources that we have as high school coaches is unreal. We have some really great coaches in our state who have been there, done that, and I think are willing to share. So I feel like I've already reached out to some of them, you know, wait for the season to be over and I'm going to talk to you and pick your brain. But yeah, this is things like this, this helps you more than, more than oh. going to a clinic, I feel like. I so, yeah. um, you know, the more that I can expose myself to this type of thing and listening to this type of thing, I think the better coach that I'll be going oh. forward. We've all been to Nike clinics where you spend an hour on your phone while yeah. some <laughs> some well, guy's talking about something you don't care about. And you're like, yeah. oh. Yeah. It's, well, uh, and, and I, I appreciate your praise for what I'm trying to do here. But a lot of that, like Dave was just – talking about there a lot of the the impetus for this came from you know as i my, my first year out i was like even though i wasn't coaching i still was thinking and co- could we do that you know blah 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 and there's not a lot out there when you've got 25 kids in a gym and 20 of them are at a different skill level but you got these five at this level or the various things that you deal with and this is again this is nothing against Roy Williams or Bill Self or or any of those level type of coaches or even even somebody like a, like a, any any sort of college coach let's say uh, but our issues it's the same it's like playing 5 on 5 versus 3 on 3 yes it's basketball yes it's coaching but the issues and, and, and a lot of the things that we face are are, are different and, and so that was the big impetus to this too Let's talk to each other. Let's let's get these things out here. Let's let's bounce ideas off of one another, so that we can get better. That yeah, I can I can bring up a YouTube clip of Gino Ariema doing this and that, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I never coached Maya Moore, you know, right. or or Rebecca Lobo or whoever it may be. So um, that's the, that's the big thing that I wanted to do with this, and I can't thank you guys enough for coming on here today. Again, the two timers, uh, the the veterans. You, you joined the two timer clubs. Doing it. Uh, the two-timer club here with Kelly Flynn, and we'll have another two-timer on tomorrow. So you're you're, you're tied. You're tied for first. There's a three-way <laughs> tie for first. You know, Matt. Thanks so much for coming on here. I appreciate it. 
Um, thanks to Longwells for having yeah. us here. They're going to have a bunch of state tournament specials. Uh, we're, we're taping this on Thursday afternoon. It'll be dropped Friday morning. So if you got if you if you listen to this Friday morning, come on over. Uh, we're taping another one tomorrow night around five o'clock. Um, you guys are more than welcome to just come in and sit and listen to the conversation. We'll have three other people on the headsets. But but come on in. Well, come on in. Tavern is going to be in here, so I'll come taunt. So there's no yeah. doubt about it. <laughs> well, well now. Dan and I will be over there right. yeah. signaling y'all or something. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, he's, he's easily distractible, yes. so please don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, we have a goal. You, have, you, you now have a goal. Have you have a goal, goal for the weekend. When he says, right. please don't do that, he means please, please. do that. That's please. Right. Yeah. If it was somebody else's podcast, I would say, go ahead, <laughs> do it all you want. But uh, Jennifer Raggi from Elkhorn High School, thank you so much. Matt Kern from York High School, thank you so much. David Deal, the the club is losing a great one here. Oh, and, and I totally understand why you're doing it. It's, it's a lot easier to keep doing it than tonight. I think what you're doing is a really oh. kind of a... a, a I don't want to. You're not. You're not fighting the Nazis in World War II or anything like that. But it'd be a lot easier for you to just keep doing it. But it's 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 hard to step away. I've been there. I know what it's like. And and you know, I think it's really cool what you're doing Thank for you. your for your for your kids and for your wife Thank and you. and and everybody else and, I'm and, excited and everybody else in your family. You I'm know, excited for the next really chapter. Cool, so. The next chapter. I'm excited to see what it holds. And I'll always. You know, there are parts of the game I'll miss. You know, the uh, the X's, the O's, the unpacking, the leadership, the getting better, um, the kind of the, the setting goals and reaching those goals. I'll, I'll definitely miss those things. Um, but, you know, a 13-hour day with game film on a bus to Lincoln Northeast, uh, you know, and back, and you're in the office at 11 a.m. watching game film, and you're back home at midnight, like, yeah, I won't miss that as much. Yeah, so yeah, you know, it's a uh, you know, I wish you nothing but the best, my friend. Thank you, Marty. Thank it, you. It will on. give you it will give you more time to talk to Mayor Stothard about zipper merges, about many road construction issues, and you know, the next time I fly out of Epley, I look forward to seeing you in the bookstore. <laughs> um, you know that that should be interesting as well. So accosting random travelers, <laughs> I'm nothing if not social. Yeah, all right. Well, like I said, if, if you're, this is dropping Friday morning. We're going to tape another one uh, Friday night around five o'clock ish. Um, so if you're, you know, coaches that are in Nebraska, we got about what we got six or seven extra seats here. You guys are more than welcome to come back, uh, take in everything, and you know, again, it's it's all about making coaches better, and that's all I want to do. I I learn so much every time I do this. I got a notebook full of stuff already and after i re-listen to this i'll have uh, a few pages of notes as well so thank you guys so much for coming on we're at longwells it's been a it's been a great podcast here a pen and a napkin we want to thank the folks at longwells as well uh coaches as always be sure to hone your craft one day at a time <laughs>